This morning we're going to continue our series on uh, the heroes of faith. We've been looking at some of the great names who uh, did great things in uh, setting examples and laying the foundation for what real faith looks like. And this morning we, uh, we're going to look at a, a person in the Bible who's a little bit different than the others that we've looked at thus far. This morning I want us to think together about Ruth. And uh, I did not plan it this way, but I do think it's kind of cool that Ruth, the story of Ruth, falls on the Sunday of Valentine's week because Ruth is a love story. The book of Ruth tells a love story. You can find that book, by the way, in between Judges and 1 Samuel. If you have your Bible with you, you'll want to go ahead and start looking for it. Ruth is a very short book, two pages probably, maybe three, but you'll find it hidden in between Judges and 1 Samuel. And I want to direct your attention there. You can go ahead and start looking. I don't know, I've been preaching a long time, I don't know that, that I've ever preached from the book of Ruth, to be honest with you. Thus far, I think I have been a ruthless preacher. I'm sorry. Not really. But Ruth is a love story. Matter of fact, if they were to make a movie out of the story of Ruth, they would play it on the Hallmark Channel. The Bible tells a story of human love, of connection between uh, between people on, on various different levels. It also tells the story of family commitment and dedication. It also tells the story of a commitment to, to God, to following Him and, and whatever that looks like. And in the midst of all of that, we learn some important lessons about how to deal with life when things go wrong. Like so many other love stories, Ruth is a tragic story. She faced great tragedy. And we're going to get some hints from her as we learn by her example about how we can face tragedy in life, how we can get through the difficult times. It's a story really not just about Ruth, but also about her mother-in-law, believe it or not. It's a story about Naomi. The story begins when Naomi and her husband lived in their hometown. They live in the area of Bethlehem. Bethlehem gets, uh, uh, goes through a difficult time and they're facing basically a famine. So Naomi and her husband take their two sons and they move away from Bethlehem and go to a neighboring country called Moab. In Moab, they find food. They're able to provide for family. While they're there, Naomi's husband dies. The two sons wind up finding wives there in Moab, and then the two sons die. Now Naomi 
has no husband, no sons to take care of her, and she turns to her daughters-in-law who now have also lost their husbands, and she says, ladies, y'all go back, go back to your people here in Moab, go home. Leave my home and go back to your mama so your mama can take care of you. Their immediate reaction was one of love, and they said, no, we, we, we want to stay with you. We, we want to be close to you. And she convinced them, tried to convince them, that it was important for them to be cared for, and so it was time for them to go. We pick up the story in the book of Ruth, chapter 1, at verse 14. They lifted up their voices and wept again. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. These two daughters-in-law, no one to take care of them. So Naomi says, go back home. Orpah, one of the daughters-in-law, kisses Naomi, and we understand as we read the story, this is a goodbye kiss. This is saying, okay, I'm going to go back to mama. I'm going to go back home where they can take care of me. However, Naomi, uh, or Ruth, instead of a goodbye kiss, it says that Ruth clung to her. Ruth basically is saying, I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying with you. Now the problem, the reason this is an issue is Naomi realizes that if she's going to be okay, she has to go back home to Bethlehem. Remember, Naomi and her husband started in Bethlehem, went to Moab, met these two ladies who became their daughters-in-law. Now, if Naomi's going to be well cared for and taken care of, she has to go back to Bethlehem. And so she says to the daughters-in-law, y'all stay here, go back to mom. One goes back to mom, but Naomi says, wherever you go, I'm going. Uh, Ruth says that too, Naomi. Verse 15, she said, see, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law, verse 16. But Ruth said, Do not urge me to leave you or to return from following you. For where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people. Your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there will I be buried. May the Lord do so to me, and more also, if anything but death parts me from you. And when Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she said, no more. So the two of them went on until they came to Bethlehem. And that passage is often used in weddings, and it's a beautiful passage for weddings. Because in it, one person says to another person, Wherever you go, I'm going. Your people are now my people. And that's not going to change until death parts us. It's a great commitment. It's just very few people know that those words were made from a daughter-in-law to a mother-in-law, not from a husband to a wife or wife to a husband. 
Imagine that kind of commitment, that kind of family. Here is an in-law saying, hey, we, we're a family now. And nothing's going to change that. Where you go, I go. What's important to you is important to me. Where you live, I live, until we don't live anymore. Ruth teaches us by her example how to, how, how to be committed in family. She also teaches us how to face tragedy with great faith. One of the things that we learn from her about facing tragedy is that we can begin to face it by focusing on someone else. Look at what she did. Ruth had every reason, had every reason to give up, every reason to quit. She had every reason to be resentful. Here she is, minding her own business in Moab. These strangers come from another place. They come to her town. Fella falls in love with her. She marries him. And then he dies young. She has every reason to quit. Every reason to be resentful. But instead, what is her choice? Naomi gives her an out. Naomi says, now's the time. We've been through so much. We've lost so much. I have to go back. But you, stay here in, in Moab. Go back home to Moab. She gave her an out. But Ruth wasn't thinking about Ruth. Ruth was thinking about Naomi. And Ruth says, I'm in your corner no matter what. You see, what she did was she thought of someone else, even in the midst of her own tragedy. You'd be amazed how, you'd be amazed how it changes your outlook on life and it changes the feelings within when you can step out of self when you're going through difficulties. It doesn't happen naturally, by the way. It's something we have to intentionally decide to do, to step out of self. So many times people come to see me and they have a long list of, of problems and concerns and, and, and issues and, and we're, I'm, I'm willing to help as much as I can to, to work through all of those things. But it's interesting how many times through the years I have said, we'll work on these things but I want to encourage you to start thinking about someone else and figure out one thing that you can do to help somebody else. Perhaps even figure out something you can do to help somebody else without anyone even knowing that it was you. It's one thing for us to help other people and then say, hey, did everybody see what I did? <laughs> All of a sudden, it's not about those other people anymore. It's still about me, right? But I encourage folks, you go and do something that helps somebody else that nobody ever knows that you were involved in it. And then come back and let's talk about it. And you'd be surprised how many of those folks either have just totally rejected it and walked away or they tried it and they came back happier and healthier than when we started. 
Not because, not because we were able to sort through the, the issues dealing with who they, what they were going with through on the inside. As much as it was, we were able to refocus. You see, if you only think about what's going on inside, you wind up in this spiral, this downward spiral. Things aren't good and so I'm sad. I'm sad and that makes me mad. I'm mad and that makes me sad. I'm, and you just, this, dot, this downward spiral and all you can do is think about self and self. It only makes things worse. But when you can look at someone else and say, there's a person I can help. There's a person I can cheer up. There's somebody else that I can encourage. Then what that does is break that downward cycle. And you're able to focus somewhere else which prepares you to move forward. We learned that from Ruth. Ruth could have been, been one of those people that decides it's just time to sit and quit. But instead, she said, Naomi, I'm here for you. Focus on someone else. The second thing that we can learn from Ruth about how to face tragedy with faith is to trust in the Lord. You see, in her response, Ruth said, do not urge me to leave you or to return from following you. Wherever you go, I'll go. Where you lodge, I'll lodge. And then she said, your people will be my people and your God, my God. She was making a commitment, not only to Naomi, but she was making a commitment to Yahweh to Naomi's God. One of the things that gets us through difficult times, gets us through tragedy with faith, is when we start focusing on other people. Another thing that gets us through is when we really trust in the Lord God. So often we depend on our own self, our own strength to get through difficult times. So often we just hold on and, and wait for something inside to change. Ruth shows us that it's a whole lot healthier, a whole lot stronger, much more effective if instead of looking inside for the answer, we will trust in the Lord God Almighty. Say, God, I don't understand this but I will live in the question. I, I know, I know that it's dark right now, but I'm going to trust you even in the darkness. Say, God, life has never been this bad, but you have always been this good, and I'm going to trust you. When we don't see him, when we can't hear him, when we don't feel him, those are the times we have to trust him the most. And she shows us, you know what? Your God is my God now. I'm going to trust in him. The Lord never promises that we can avoid the dark valleys in our journey through life. But he does promise us that when we go through those valleys, he'll go through them with us. 
Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for thou art with me. We can trust him, even when we can't see him, feel him, or hear him. The trust is the pathway from tragedy to triumph. Trust is the pathway from tragedy to triumph. When we're going through those difficult times and facing tragedy, we want to focus on someone else and we want to trust in the Lord. And then, eventually, there will come a time when it's time to decide to move forward. When I start focusing on other people, it gets, it gets my eyeballs off myself and I start feeling stronger. When I trust in the Lord, I'm able to renew that strength daily. And then I'm able to reach the point where I'm able to say, it's time to move forward. Verse 18, when Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she said no more. So the two of them went on until they came to Bethlehem. Ruth adopted a whole new life. That's one of the hard parts about going through tragedy. We eventually have to reach the point where we say, okay, I cannot have my old life back. Life as I know it is never going to be the same. But I am ready with God's help to move on into a new kind of life. I'm ready with God's help to move forward, to accept the changes that I'd rather not have, but I'm ready to move forward with His help and establish a whole new kind of life that I know will bring Him glory. I think it's natural for us to want to sit when things go wrong. But from Ruth, we learn the importance of reaching that time where we finally get up and move forward. It takes a conscious decision on our part. We finally have to decide, I'm not going to sit and wallow in self-pity, but I'm going to trust the Lord to build a new life as we move forward. Ruth shows us these three examples of how we can face tragedy with faith. Focus on someone else. Trust in the Lord. And then, when the time is right, decide to move forward. The reason we know we can do that is Psalm 30 and verse 5. Weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes with the morning. Weeping may tarry for a night. We will face tragedy. We will face heartache. We will hurt, but it need not be permanent. It's a temporary thing. The sun is going to come up again eventually. Weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes in the morning. We can trust in the sun to come up again to bring a new light. Ruth moves to Bethlehem, 
And in Bethlehem, she meets the love of her life. They do fall in love and marry. Ruth and Boaz actually start a family. Ruth and Boaz have a son. That son's name was Obed. Obed had a son whose name was Jesse. Jesse had a son whose name was... When Jesus is born, they have to go back to Bethlehem for the census because the Bible says he was of the house and lineage of David. You see, because Ruth was willing to think of someone else, to trust in the Lord, and to move forward, because she was willing to do those things, she winds up in Bethlehem establishing the family that becomes the lineage of David. And it is in that family that our Messiah is born in Bethlehem. 